We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The season of giving is upon us again, and that means it's time for our annual look at the state of the region's social service agencies and charitable groups. From the money to the mission, this has been a challenging year, as most of them are. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. This has been a year where people in this hemisphere have faced sometimes unimaginable natural disasters. Hurricanes have caused devastation in the Gulf region in Puerto Rico, which continues to suffer. There were storms and flooding in the Chicago area, but then there are the quieter, slower, but more persistent disasters of poverty, hunger, poor health, and the like. And through it all, social service agencies and other not-for-profit groups try to fill in the gaps that government doesn't quite reach. But how well is that so-called safety net holding? Well, every year at this time, we ask that question and find out whether groups that help those who need assistance are in need of help themselves or doing a bit better. My guests on At Issue this weekend are people who are on the front lines when it comes to meeting unmet needs and also the head of the organization that provides resources, expertise, and a watchful eye for health and human services around the area. With me this weekend is Wendy DeBow. She is the president and CEO of United Way of Metropolitan Chicago. She's been with United Way since uh, 2003, uh, and uh, she's, in fact, been on this program yearly uh, for long enough to qualify as the co-host. Uh, she, <laughs> she, she was in the private sector before that, and she has moved up through leadership positions in that umbrella organization, which is the largest private funder of health and human services in Chicagoland. Now, also with me are Marjorie Lou Brady. She is the Director of Partnerships for West Chicago School District 33 out in DuPage County. United Way is one of those partnerships. And we have Veronica Clark. She is the CEO of TCA Health. That provides a variety of health care on Chicago's south side and the surrounding suburbs. And we'll tell you more about both of those organizations in a few minutes. But first off, I want to welcome the three of you uh, to our studios. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, uh, first, I want to get a sense of the landscape. We do that every year. Uh, how are people doing in this metropolitan area? Are the crises gro- growing? Wendy DeBow, give us the big picture to start off. Yeah, so the big picture, Craig, I think you did a great lead-in. And uh, the crises are growing. There's been progress uh, in our communities and high school graduation rates through CPS, which everybody's reported on. Um, and I would say there's been progress in partners working together to address change, but obviously we still see enormous challenges across the city and the suburbs, actually, in terms of growing violence and safety. And I think the poverty piece, the the fact that so many families are still struggling with financial stability um, is a major part of the picture. And recently, as you know, with the healthcare picture so uncertain, this has become an enormous looming issue. And so we're very concerned about everybody accessing health care. And we, we at United Way believe all those things fit together and are critical for people to live strong and healthy lives and communities to thrive. Indeed. Uh, 
Um, Marjorie Lou Brady, explain what partnerships mean for a West Suburban school district and, and, and what the needs are in West Chicago that you're trying to meet. In West Chicago, we formed a community coalition of over 60 partners who come together to address the health, safety, and well-being of the families in West Chicago. We, we're targeting particularly the families in West Chicago. And the needs are the same needs that we see across the country with our families. Access to um, good paying jobs, good health care, access to education and after school programs and enrichment activities. Um, Veronica Clark, TCA Health is an organization that's been around since 1970. Uh, what does your nonprofit group do and how does it get to the get the resources to do it? Well, our health center, TCA Health, we provide primary uh, preventive uh, behavioral health and dental services to communities on the far south side of Chicago. We get most of our resources from HRSA or the Health Resources and Services Administration. And right now, we've been getting those funding since 1991. Right now, we're up against a funding cliff where we don't know if we're going to have continued funding past December. Um, The senators have already... um, for the most part, supported it. We have over 70 senators supporting this bill. But right now, we want them to vote uh, multi-year continued funding instead of single year, like they've been doing over the past um, years. So that's what we're up against, because if we lose that funding, many 1.3 million patients in Illinois will not have continued health care. For us at TCA Health, we um, 8,000 of our patients will not continue to receive health care and other services. And it means we'd have to lay off employees, stop hiring. So it means a whole lot to us. Well, that uh, is setting the stage for what we are going to talk about in this half hour. Uh, Wendy DeBow, United Way's work in West Chicago is part of a new effort, uh, the uh, Neighborhood Networks Initiative. So explain what that is and how all of this meshes together. Yeah, so four years ago, we started a a new approach that we think is extremely promising and has shown incredible results. And Marjorie has partnered with us in West Chicago. We call it the United Way Neighborhood Network Initiative. We're actually working in 10 of the most underserved uh, neighborhoods across the city and the suburbs um, where there is poverty and various... uh, um, lack of social services capacity and need in those communities. And the idea is that, you know, we're the largest private funder of human services, as you said. We also play and can play a significant coordinating role. And so the idea is rather than funding um, just individual outstanding programs, which we do, but in those neighborhoods, we are funding the community partners to come together, set a common agenda for change, kind of what Marjorie had described the main issues were that they're tackling in West Chicago, and then coordinate the programs, the strategies, the measurement systems toward that change. And we as United Way have come in to fund it and to help be a backbone coordinating partner to bring in volunteer resources, in-kind resources, and in this way try to really create sustainable, measurable, long-term change in community conditions You know, around critical issues like we've talked about, you know, academic achievement, education, health, jobs, financial stability, safety, basic needs, all those things that are intertwined. Well, now, through its funding and guidance, uh, United Way 
has addressed those kinds of issues before. What does this model of uh, bringing uh, help to communities do, do that the other model didn't? Yeah, so we think in this environment, and we've kind of broached it already, uh, you know, receding public funding, less funding in the mix, you know, private philanthropy is crucially important, so thank you for doing the show. Um, but we think of this as a way to get, you know, to one plus one is three. So with limited resources, if all the partners are coordinating together, um, the programs, the outreach, the service, the connection, the case management, to help kids that are struggling in school, you know, um, progress in school, graduate, go on to a career pathway to reach families that need services. You know, Marjorie can tell you more specifically how we're doing it in West Chicago, but the idea is through the coordination, you get to much more significant results. Well, Marjorie Lou Brady, let's let's talk about that. Uh, first off, I should note that the the list of partners is long for uh, for school district yes. uh, thirty three. Um, so, give me an example of the kind of impact that. Uh, the partnership with uh, United Way and, and the other partners, what kinds of things can you do through that? Well, through our partnership with United Way, and they're thinking differently about how to fund the needs in communities, allowed the partners, many people on the list of who are working together have worked together for years, but it changed the way we're able to work together. We're not competing for funding. We are coming together to say, how do we best use the funding how do we come together with a common agenda, same goals that we're looking to make very high level, deep community impact? How do we do that together with the funding? And when people have the freedom to work together in that way, we have things happen that were unexpected. We have partners who come forward and say, oh, the library who says, I think I want to help make sure kids are eating lunch during the summer. We have mental health providers come together with with existing playgroups and saying we could reach more families if we partnered and did our services together. And that these are the exciting things that we have with neighborhood network um, concepts. And uh, my experience uh, once in my uh, in my past life here at uh, WBBM, I was the uh, suburban bureau chief. So I recall uh, uh, covering stories out in West Chicago, and that's a, a very uh, it's it's an unusual community that has some very particular and very uh, you know very interesting challenges. Uh, I, I would just mention one of the things that I that caught my my eye when I was covering the news out there was at one point the police department required all of its officers, for example, to learn Spanish. It was mm-hmm. a requirement; they all had to be bilingual. Uh, and which was a fascinating and, and frankly, really useful. I think the police officers at first may have resisted, but they were all for it uh, by the time I was talking to them. So th- there are just different things that you have to deal with in West Chicago. Uh, there are different things. And, and in some ways, we, so we have a large number of immigrants and refugees living in our community, along with people who lived in West Chicago long before it was called West Chicago. And, and the people are so rich with talents and gifts that they come together to figure out how to address those needs. And language being one of them, um, about how do we make sure that everybody has access to what they need, regardless of language. Uh, Veronica Clark, uh, 
people in economically depressed areas often don't have the money it takes or the money they think it takes for uh, for good health care. So uh, how do you, uh, first off, how can you cover all those well, those problems at, at TCA Health and get people to actually see a doctor? Gosh, great question. We uh, um, struggle with that because patients um, or individuals we see in the uh, in our communities, they tend to, more often than not, go to the emergency room for care instead of going to a health center. Um, most of them have no primary care for, um, providers. So we're working on, a, on education materials that could deliver consistent messaging to patients, whether they see us at our health center or any other health center on the far south side of Chicago to teach them when to see, why is it important to have a primary care physician? When do you see that primary care physician? Because it's more costly to go directly to the emergency room, and it's, it's much better for your health and preventive care to come um, directly to us or anyone who provides the services like us. And you ask, how do we afford to continue that, first of all, we have a sliding fee scale. The monies we get from the federal government or HRSA, that's to offset um, payments that um, those uh, individuals who are not covered under private insurance. So uh, we offer a sliding fee scale for those who qualify. And even if patients present without uh, funds, we see them regardless of their ability to, to pay. Once they walk through our doors, we're obligated to see them. We're going to see them because we're in the healthcare business. Um, I do want to ask because you said, you know, one of your specialties is behavioral health. Yes. You're dealing with uh, also getting people to overcome a stigma about treatment for behavioral health. How do you, how do you get that message across to people so that they aren't embarrassed to, to come forward? It starts a lot of times with the schools, with the um, the physicians. So because our health center, it's almost like a one-stop shop. We offer so many services. So we've decided in our health centers that wherever they stop and we see um, that this particular individual may have a behavioral health issue or need or they bring it to us, whether we observe it or they bring it to our attention, we would do cross-referral in our health center. So, and we work a lot with um, other community organizations who refer to us. Because it's right, it's directly in our health center, it's much easier because when you refer patients out, they tend not to go. So we have a psychiatrist that comes in one day a week that sees all our patients, and we have two uh, licensed clinical social workers. And we work closely with all the schools, also through our mobile medical van. You are listening to WBBM News Radio's Ad Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and we are talking about the challenges facing social service agencies and other not-for-profit groups in meeting needs in their communities. And as we'll talk about a little later in this uh, half hour, raising money. Uh, my guests are Wendy DeBow, president of United Way of Metropolitan Chicago. Uh, and we just heard from Veronica Clark, who is the CEO of uh, TCA Health on Chicago's South Side and South Suburbs, and also uh, Marjorie Lou Brady, Director of Partnerships for West Chicago School District 33. Um, all three of you, in one form or another, are dealing with health, uh, 
And also, we are dealing with uh, the open enrollment uh, period for the Affordable Care Act. Uh, first off, uh, Veronica Clark, how much of a difference has the Affordable Care Act made uh, in, first off, the care you deliver and also what's, what's happening on the, in, for health on the, uh, on the South Side? Well, we have certified um, navigation specialists on our side, uh, at our site. So when uh, patients present, we, and if they have no insurance at all, we're able to register them or sign them up, help them with the paperwork. So it has made a major difference for us because where we would have a, a higher percentage of uninsured, now more um, individuals qualify or ex- because of their uh, because they've gone through the application process and have received now have insurance, it's much easier because in terms of referral, because without insurance, many places that we'd refer them for specialty care won't take them, or the waiting list is so long. So it gives them a little bit more option. Um, Wendy Dubow, there's a special push to get people to uh, enroll in the uh, ACA this year. Um, We've been reporting on this. It's a shorter uh, period of enrollment, and there's no budget for, or almost no budget for advertising, and not for uh, much help either. So, what's the, uh, what, what is um, United Way able to do about this? Yeah. So we we have been, I think, the largest um, funding source and organizing source for the navigators that Veronica spoke of, and those navigators are critical. Uh, they navigate folks to insurance. They also navigate them, as Veronica said, to a primary care doctor, and and they teach them how to access health care. And we have we have been funded in the past publicly. We still continue to get public funding for that. We've actually navigated twenty five thousand people into insurance. So it you know the Affordable Care Act and, and the impact of that here in our city and region has been incredible. There is still time to get enrolled now. The deadline is December 15th. It's a shorter period than previously, but there's still time. And I encourage people to, you can go to our website, um, liveunitedchicago.org backslash get covered, and we can link you, we can link people to get uh, to a navigator that can help you to get enrolled. And we are out there now because some of the public funding has been going away for this. We are in... We've gotten different private sources of funding to continue the navigation. We are still hot on that path and continuing to do that because we feel that this is so critical to make the difference that Veronica was talking about, get people connected to a medical home, not just visit the emergency room, um, have healthy kids, healthy schools, healthy workplaces. Um, Marjorie Lou Brady, what's, uh, what's happening out in, uh, in the western suburbs? Uh, I know you are, you are also dealing with, uh, with the ACA. Yes, yes. And, and we're lucky in DuPage we also have some assistance with navigation, much smaller than we've had in the past. So we're trying to work smarter um, together. We've educated our partners about what needs to happen and who to talk to so that we're sure people get enrolled. We have some families who who their provider was is no longer a provider for the state of Illinois. And that's a significant change that we need to help families understand. And we're working together, uh, utilizing events that we have already existing and bringing in people to help people get enrolled or, or to make the corrections in their um, coverage. 
Are you finding that either your organization or, well, your district or the people you're serving are running into roadblocks in trying to uh, get this, either this health care or any other kind of coverage? The, the, the process to enroll is complicated. It is not a simple process. And so if you, um, even for our families who are native English speakers, it is confusing. And they often are asking for assistance. And then you add learning English as a second language. It is much harder to navigate that system. So we, we have significant problems with it. We are lucky in West Chicago to have the number of partners that we do that families have trusted people that they can reach out to to get assistance. Wendy? I I would just add, um, you know, it's interesting, even though there's a shorter enrollment period, you've probably seen in the news it's been announced, the the rate of people enrolling has actually gone up, and it's through the help of these navigators. I, I think the other point about the navigators you think of, it's not only folks whose first language isn't English, it's elderly folks, it's folks who may not be familiar with the health system, What's important to note for people is the Affordable Care Act is still in place and it's still affordable. So even, you know, I think now there's a concern that it may not be affordable, but actually there are still income subsidies. So everyone actually based on income level is able to get coverage at affordable rates. And that's why we have been working so hard to get the word out to get to a navigator and to get enrolled and to do that quickly before the December 15th deadline because it's still out there for 2018. Well, I want to talk a little bit about money. Uh, we, we, we need to. Uh, I think it is safe to assume that, our, uh, that, that state and local funding sources uh, are down. Uh, so how is that uh, how is that impacting and I let me let me let me start with you Veronica because you 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 mentioned the federal funds right. that are starting to dry up so then what do you do when those funds start to dry up and we don't know yet if uh, they've dried up because right now Congress they're really distracted with the tax um, the new yeah. tax bill right now so we hope it hasn't dried up but what happens in Illinois also affect us because Illinois had gone a whole year, as we all know, without a budget. So they were unable to, yeah, yeah, they were unable to pay the managed care organizations. And lots of our patients who have um, Medicaid, Medicare, they are, they belong to one of these managed care organizations. They are not being paid by the state. The state is not able to pay us. So that's a major, major issue. So, a larger amount of our funding comes from the state, either directly or indirectly. And uh, a lot of health centers are suffering right now. And we almost like we foresaw that. So we are very uh, conservative in the way we spend and and trying to seek funding, uh, private funding from other places that was important for us rather than just solely depending on the state. Uh, I mean, are there avenues avenues out there? I mean, is this a matter of just basically going to people and having them pick up, you know, and, and you know, have, looking for generosity to take the place of what would have been state funding? It's not as easy <laughs> because if they they didn't know, not all of funding source, like Wendy will tell you, it, it depends. They Everybody have a cause that they want to fund. To, for us, for example, we have Chicago Communities Trust. They've given us um 
quite a bit, bit of money to fend, uh, fund our health and wellness collaborative. Um, we have funding from Cigna, and uh, they uh, fund our health and wellness initiative as well. And we have funding from the Children's Care Foundation. And as recently as this morning, I met with someone from the Fry Foundation. Um, they came out to find out what we do to see if they could fund us. Well, and uh, let me uh, ask you, Marjorie, about uh, in West Chicago, uh, you've got a school district behind you, so there's 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 some uh, you know stability there. But are you running into funding roadblocks there? Um, so I'm not sure I would use stable funding with the way education's <laughs> being funded. Um, good point. And so that the school district, as a as a partner, I think is concerned about funding and meeting the needs of our kids and and how the funding formula impacts um, our students. Um, but then all of our partners, as human service people or government um, entities, are concerned about how the f- funding is flowing. And then when we begin to look for outside funding from state funding or federal funding, we have to be careful not to compete against each other for for the same dollars. Mm-hmm. So Wendy Dubow, this is uh, this is this is your bailiwick here. Uh, yeah. Are, are you, how? What's the what's the picture look like when it comes to giving? How are corporations are they? Yeah. Are they stepping up or pulling back? What's happening? Yeah. So you know, our pers- first of all. You know, there is retrenchment of funding for human services at all levels, uh, local, state, and federal. We are particularly hard hit in the state of Illinois because our state is so fiscally drained. And the and not having a budget for two years, uh, as we all know, created enormous damage where agencies closed, programs closed. You know, if we look at the state of Illinois budget, and, and, and by the way, human services funding is mostly funded by the state. So we in the state of Illinois really have it tough. If you look at human services funding from the period of 2000 to the present, it's been cut about a third from about $8 billion in funding to five and a half. So there's a huge gap there. Um, I think corporations have been stepping up. Foundations have been stepping up. You know, I think your show encouraging people to step up is really important. Um, and, and a lot of what we're talking about, the, the funding for some of these healthcare systems, it's not going to be happening at the government level through the feds or through the states. It, you know, what we're trying to do now is build on some of the systems that we were able to create, literally these navigating infrastructure that United Way was a big part of in putting together federal grants and state grants now seeking out private grants to keep that sustained and grow. But I think it is it is a message for private giving to people, but private philanthropy will not fill the government gap. So people have to use their voices. We at United Way say we need to give, volunteer, and advocate. People have to use their voices to advocate at the government level that we do care about health care. We do care about social services. We care about those things, and they require our funding as a country. Um. Veronica, do you uh, find that uh, even in communities that may uh, may be challenged, do you still find people who are looking around to figure out ways to help? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I said, I had funder um, reach out to us. Um, seemed like lately we've had several funders reaching out to us because it's um, they were funding other areas other than the far south side of Chicago. And it's almost to them, it's like a new discovery. So that's exciting for me. Um, 
as the state funds, I would say state funds are drying up more. So I'm more, way more concerned about the state. Mm, well, yes. and we will be, uh, we will be following that. Uh, Mar- Marjorie, what are the, uh, what are the new frontiers? And we only have about a ha- half a minute for this. Uh, what are the new ways that you can get help or encourage help out, out in the Western suburbs? What we're asking people to do is to get involved in their communities. Sit down, get to know your neighbors, find out what people are passionate about, and consider volunteering from those passions rather than just something you think you should do. We ask people to be curious about what do um, we mean when we talk about being a part of a community. And giving is always a good thing, too. (laughs) <laughs> well, absolutely. And that is uh, that is going to be the final word and perfect final words for what we're talking about here. I would like to thank uh, Wendy DeBow, the president of United Way of Metropolitan Chicago, Marjorie Lou Brady, director of partnerships for West Chicago School District 33, and Veronica Clark, the CEO of TCA Health. All thank you for spending the half hour with us. To our listeners, if you uh, would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website. That is cbschicago.com. You can uh, find our podcast also on play.it. I will be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9. FM. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. CT mobile.com